Hello and welcome back to season two of Is This Really For Kids? So, so sorry about the delay. I totally intended to start this podcast off in January. I got my Invisalign off that end of December. Wild ride. You still have to wear retainers. The whole thing is a joke. I've been terrible wearing my retainers. Just the adult things. Anyway, yeah, so welcome back to season two. Originally, this episode that I'm about to show you was just going to go on my YouTube channel. And then I realized mm, teenagers are into a quiet place. The sun is small. There's a teenage deaf daughter. Yeah, this is a... Is this really for kids? You're also probably wondering, wait, but that's still like a really long time. So I got picked for MTV to bring us to the White House because we were acknowledged by the Biden Camilla presidency that I'm a mental health advocacy leader. I think solely in a lot due to this podcast and some of my YouTube videos and just like my work since I was 13. And yeah, that was really exciting. However, now I'm in the mental health space and I'm creating content there as well as running my own production company. I think I was starting to do that during this podcast, but I had no idea the amount of work it was going to take uh, at the time. I was very naive. So we're balancing it all. Uh, originally, this season was going to be 32 episodes, 10 more than I did last year. And it was going to be all about like musical theater in high school, prepping for, I don't know if you know this, if you follow me, you do. If you don't, get on and follow me because you are not going to want to miss this exciting movie that I'm working on. It's a $15 million movie. It's got Disney animators attached. It is the world's first ever animated lesbian princess musical. And it is called Jest. And currently, I just found out today, actually, that... It is the top 10 of the month on the red list. We're in the 22% on Coverfly. So not only is it the first, it's like a really good script. I wrote all the lyrics and melody for the music because I took a musical theater improv and that helped a lot in that. So it's really exciting. I'm actually going to be creating like a movie for teenagers and it's a very exciting, scary process. Um, so if you can support this podcast, if you know anybody who's looking for ads on this podcast, let me know. So however, with all of that going on, because it's a lot, I decided to shorten the series because it was like, it was a year of so many wins, right? Like I had the win of the White House and I had the win of like Coverfly and finishing my screenplay and I produced 10 shorts and like so many commercials. Like we did a lot this year, but... Also, my father passed away. We were very estranged, if you knew, like, a little bit from what I've shared on the podcast. But that was heavy. He passed away very unexpectedly. And it was also very weird. Like, I feel like I'm psychic because my whole first season was dealing with, like, children going through grief. And I then went through grief not knowing I was going to. Because I had prepped for, like, every death in my family besides my dad's. So this season, I really kind of wanted to focus on Unlucky because I'm doing a 13 episodes, hopefully all in the land of October. Um, I'm honestly debating doing Glee. Glee was originally going to be part of the high school musical sort of stuff because I feel like that was very inspiring. But the Glurse, the Glee curse, as you all know about, is also like upon us. So that's kind of in store. I'm going to do like a couple of like, I think, lesser known kind of teenage horror movies. Uh, I'm debating also doing 13 Reasons Why and of course, uh, 13, which I also feel is like an underrated film that a lot of this newer generation doesn't know, but should respect because 13 takes you for a ride, baby. So we're going to look at the concept of luck and unlucky and all of that. Probably the series of unfortunate events would have been great to do, well, do here as well. But we did that last season and there was a lot of deaths in there. So here we go. Without further ado, A Quiet Place 1, which I will just preface that I liked a lot more than A Quiet Place 2. Oh my gosh, you're not ready for my Quiet Place 2 review. I'm ripping that movie to shreds. So teaser, LOL. I'm getting more into horror films. I always had like a slight interest. It was a little peaked, but my boyfriend currently is into films and as... Most of the women have done before me and will probably continue to do. I like to take my significant other's hobbies as my own and then figure out that I know more about them and 
make things out of them. And I don't know. I just really need a reason to sit through horror movies and justify more anxiety in my life. So I figured, why not do a film review about it, right? So we're going to talk about A Quiet Place 1. 1, because there is two of them out now. And yes, and that is the ghost of my boyfriend, uh, Luke. He is the horror film guy. Yes, I'm a ghost. Uh, ooh, spooky. Ooh, <laughs> huh. Yeah, but yeah, I'm Luke. Uh, and I, I like horror movies. And that's the thing that I, it's, it is weird because as a kid, I was never allowed to watch horror movies. Like, we didn't watch any horror because my parents were very religious and very conservative. And so we didn't watch any. And then, But then as an adult, it's probably just some repressed thing in me, but I've like watched more and more horror movies. That's like... I would say most of the time, if I want to go see a movie in the theater, it's a horror movie. That's like the ones that the trailer comes on, and I'm like, oh, that one looks good. I gotta go see it. And that is why I don't see movies in theater, is because of the horror. But I'm learning to go more. The nightmares are terrible, and uh, my stress level is still high. So it's going good. Do you have, like, have you had a quiet place nightmares? Are you like... Yeah, I think in terms of like, it's weird, but sexual tension. I've had weird... I've definitely had more strained dreams. It's hard because like, there's sometimes horror will have like an impact on my daydreams. And then like my dreams at night, things are just slightly more creepy. It also has... My writing will become very, very gothic for whatever. Like when I'm just like free scrolling and doing first drafts, it gets very, very intense and dark and my my automatic thing is to go to the negative so especially now it's been interesting because I'm I got like this like uh rejection back and it was like uh you know this is nothing bad about your writing but we like happy poems and I was like oh well I should have a few of those right and I was like because right now I don't (laughs) um so it's been very interesting of being like oh I want to write a happy poem and it's like what about chaos right about being alone only with your family in the apocalypse and I'm like uh, but anyway so essentially where we're at now a quiet place yeah the first like gotcha moment for me when I was maybe hooked in this was the fact that they had to roll the medicine without making any sound I was especially like being a person who has to take vitamins to survive and other medication it's just like couldn't do it I pick up the pills and it's like Jingle, jingle, you know. Yeah, that is like one of the, that's like your first clue into it. And you're like, oh man, this is so hard. This would be like, because like, this is a minor thing. And think of all of the other things that, that like, oh, if you have to do that quiet, you have to do everything quiet. Well, and you don't take your medicine quiet. Like normally you're taking your medicine alone anyway. So it doesn't really matter the volume in which you take your medicine yet. I could be like, help me. I hate taking supplements. And like, no one's going to do anything. Unless you were around, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then, oh, the almost dropping things. This is where you would die by the buffalo wild wing. (laughs) I, though, am great at, like, that's a thing. Like, when I'm at work, it's, I, that's actually not even true. I don't drop important things at work. I've spilled things. I work as a server. It doesn't matter about the importance. It matters the sound that it makes. No, but but what I'm saying is, in my defense... In when it is important, I've like I've dropped a couple of times in my life. Uh, I've worked in restaurants for years and years and years. There've only been a couple of times when I've dropped like a plate of food. It's been very rare. Usually, I'm totally fine. Like drinks. Yeah, you just break my time. childhood favorite glass. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but I don't think you realize. I mean, to be fair. It's your odds, right? Like, you are carrying more things than I've ever seen a person carry very effortlessly. So out of all the things that you're carrying, your, like, drop ratio is pretty low. It's so low. It's so low, confirming that everything that he carries. Yeah. Anyway, this might be a a rule or, like, a continuity error, or maybe the kid just put the batteries out. But they took the batteries out of the rocket, right? Yeah, but then the, the sister gives him the, um... Oh, no, she puts... She, like, sets them down, and then I think she, like, he goes and picks them up once they walk away, I think. I'm pretty sure that's the thing, is that, okay. that they have, like, he's seen where they place the batteries, and he goes and gets them, because he wants it to be able to light up. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Um, but also, like, selfish, but understand, especially at, like, that age, I feel like sometimes you're like, you don't even care, you just want something so much, you just kind of truck into it. 
and I think it, that's the thing is the other kids are old enough that they get it, right? That you can just be, they like understand the danger, they understand what's going on. I think he's too young, right? Like he hasn't, he like, he doesn't, he, he maybe hasn't even seen the horror. No, right? he, yeah, we, we learned that he does in a little bit. We um, learned that yeah, he does. I, I guess. I so. Guess. You're right. But also, you know, I don't know kids that age, how much you realize is your own imagination. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, I honestly feel like I didn't become more grounded in this world until I was like 23, honestly. Like, I always felt like I was drifting in between two worlds. And I wonder, like, you know, especially for a kid when that starts to like settle down. It's also been, uh, it's been like years, right? So like these things happen and then now it's been years and he maybe hasn't seen, to him it's maybe like, oh, things are okay now. Right, because it's been yeah. years since anything horrible has happened. It do, I don't think it's been years, given what I don't know. It's so unclear how many years they really are out there at this point. Well, because it says a day count, and I think it's day like, or this is maybe I don't remember. This is at least I'm pretty sure this is at least a year in maybe I can't remember. There's a day count. It's like day you know 352 or something like that. At the there's yeah like one when that happens, and then it jumps ahead in time another few months yeah. or another year. Or it has to at least be nine months after the incident, which is so, it is insane. It does get you how fast that thing snaps him up. I think it's because John Kravinsky's face in this is really good. Like, just this horror in it, like, of all, honestly, in all four of them. Yeah, of him, just, no, when he realizes, like, how fast he has to go, and there's just, I mean, it is a beautiful moment. Yeah. Also, the fact that they have to go around barefoot everywhere really was a lot for me. I mean, it also feels like my dream world, but I also know how many services, which in having bare feet hurts like a motherfucker. I love to be barefoot. Yeah. That's great. I do too, but I don't know if I would want to walk the streets of LA barefoot, right? Like my feet would be black, like, like, and not the beautiful skin color black, like disgusting, ashy, gum ridden black, like toxic black. Yeah, I used to, when I was, like, a teenager a lot, I would just, like, be barefoot all the time. I'd go for runs barefoot, like. You care about your nasty feet? No, I mean, you get good calluses. Ugh, I feel like I hate those calluses now that I got from being barefoot when I was younger. Love calluses. Also, I have this traumatic memory of my, like, next-door neighbor childhood friend going around barefoot, and I was, and she, like, ended up getting all these prickers, and she, like, sobbed her eyes out. It was so painful, and it was, like, I was, like, nine and unsure of what to do because I can't really take her prickers out without getting a pricker you know in yourself I also hate the word pricker which is I mean it makes sense though I don't want to change the word because it is the same like irritation that word has is the same like frequency level at which a picker operates Uh I love that the main teen girl is deaf I think that is so fucking cool I love disabled people being in casts um and she's actually disabled so that's there's like so much more deaf actors can do and it's such a cool thing to watch on film that I don't know why they haven't been like more parts yeah I feel like there aren't a lot of deaf characters it's not it's pretty rare yeah I mean I don't know a deaf person personally like I I've been like acquainted but I haven't like I don't have a close deaf friend but hey if you are deaf and want to be my friend I would love to have a close deaf friend (laughs) You can read the text. You can read the text. I auto caption it. Oh my god. Cancelled. Cancelled. Oh my goodness. Okay, can we also talk about how the meal that they have is so like it's so intense. It looks like great French cuisine, right? It is just not fish. Yeah, like steamed fish. It looks. I mean, it's like immaculate. I don't. We don't eat this good. We don't eat this good in Los Angeles. But that's my favorite. I mean, I guess you got all day, right? Also, how do you cook any of that? How does cooking not make noise? I make so much noise when cooking. I guess you learn to do it quietly. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, and that is yes. Sorry, now I'm questioning because of the second, but we'll get into that in the next one. And that is the thing, is in this, like, we are starting to, especially as we're talking about this, you're starting to question, like, how much sound does cooking make? Could you actually, like, you know, roast a fish, right? Could you do these things? But the thing is, in the movie, you're just, you're on the ride. Yeah. Like, like you're just, like... 
Yeah, the first movie, there's not any dips, right? There, it's it's honestly that is very good because it's a world where there obviously could be a lot of dips, mm-hmm. and the second one, no. Um, but anyway, we'll get there. So then they like knock down a lamp and causes the fire, which makes a huge sound, and like that sucks. Like that's the thing that's the worst is all the accidents in life, and I think that's the thing that you walk away from this movie realizing, like, just the flawness of being human right which is such a powerful thing for a quiet place to come out here you know what I mean in this time of era of super perfection right because a quiet place only shows the just like selfish nature of humans as well as just the tendency to make simple stupid mistakes and that's also what uh one of the great things about the movie is it it's not just about a crazy time where crazy things are happening it's about its parallels to real things because we've all had that time when you like made a loud noise and your parent was sleeping or your parent had specifically said don't make noises or whatever and then it's like you start to get a little too comfortable goofing around playing and then you make a noise or you spill the thing you weren't supposed to or you break the thing you know and then like the parent gets very upset and this is just like that taken to a whole new level of now not just your parent is upset your parent is upset because you might all die yeah and then we also we talked about this kind of during watching the second movie but in the first one we see that it kills a raccoon and bunny so it must just be living off of animals it must eat things it when it kills it it must be eating do we i don't think we ever see it eat I don't know. There's flesh missing, though. I mean, it's got it's got to eat by accident because it's just freaking huge. And, and the things it'll go like like I'm thinking of there's like an image where it, like it smashes like yeah. a raccoon or a squirrel or something, but it doesn't like we don't see it like gnawing on a person. We don't yeah, see it, we like, don't like over like it seems like they're just killing. Yeah, I do, does that bring them nutrients? I don't understand. Are they just like indestructible? I guess there's so much we don't know about this. Guess we'll get it in the third movie, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. That would be the thing I would want to know. That would be the interesting thing is what, uh, we'll get there. Anyway, so uh, the dad is making a hearing aid, which is pretty impressive, honestly. I, if I had a deaf kid, I'd be like, well, I can't figure out those things, right? Which is terrible. And this is like, and this is, he has probably been doing this for a long time, right? Of like, or he at least, he probably learned about hearing aids because she was deaf, right? So that's the thing that, like, I know nothing about hearing aids. Yeah. I don't know, I don't have anyone close to me who's deaf, right? But, like, for if I did, then I would probably have, have talked to them about it. I would have an understanding of how hearing aids work. I would have, like, you know, looked them up to be like, oh, what is it really like to have a hearing aid? Yeah. That's true. But it's still, I'm still impressed. I'm still impressed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, and then I was so relieved. I literally, my note, it goes, oh, thank God, is that they can listen to music in headphones. Uh, uh, I mean, sometimes that's a bit dicey because sometimes I feel like you don't realize that you can hear music outside of your headphones. Uh-huh. So a bit risky, but uh, I'm still like, oh, they didn't lose. I could at least have an apocalypse to like a good beat, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> And then the dance that he does with Emily Blunt is cute, especially, like, that they're married in real life and, like, you know, creating with somebody that you love, you know, is fun. Oh, and then this is when I realized, oh, my God, she's pregnant, right? And then I was like, oh, my God, birth. Oh, my God, a screaming baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, it seems inadvisable for this to have happened. Yeah, I mean, like, but also I'm like, also, I mean, one, how do they fuck quietly? My problem. But also... Like, I mean, one how, wouldn't that make them, I don't know how you silently, I mean, that's an art, but <laughs> there must be some way. I, I mean, and do you have, like, weird, like, you, like, gay each other? Right? Oh, like, this is the way like, this baby was made. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> and you have, like, it, it probably is honestly, was super hot for them. Right? To be like, we, because to know we can't make a sound or we will like all die. Our whole family will be murdered if we make a sound, but we're still so turned on that we're gonna like yeah. fuck anyway, right? Like, that's gotta be a crazy sexual experience. Yeah, and part of you is like, 
you're going to get drunk sometime or you're going to be like loopy from the day or you're just going to, it's just going to happen, right? I feel like especially when you're in a long-term relationship, sex starts just kind of happening more than being planned. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when we first went out, we were fucking all the time, right? But now we like, have pay, it's not as, like, I feel like because when we were first going, it was like, oh, that is the plan is yeah, to fulfill sure. all of these like boxes of needs, right? And And it is still a need, like it's your wife, right? You're like, you're probably sleeping next to her every night. Like you're gonna see her naked in the proportion of this. Not that I think that nudity is, nudity is uh, inherently sexual, but whatever. But you know, like you're gonna be in these intimate situations. It's at the end of the world. You know, part of me does understand the like. Yes, I know how inappropriate it would be, but of course you're gonna fuck at the end of the world, right? Of course you are. What else are you do? <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, but anyway, my last note was he needs to pull out. But also, I'm kind of glad he didn't pull out because you know the human race has to go on. That's part of the other problem. Yeah, so then he takes the son to go fishing and not the daughter. And now she's all mad. And I, that was the other thing that I was like, oh, man, those moments. Which, it's not okay. But right. But they've also been like scientifically tested that sometimes when you throw something, you do feel better, right? Which is why I think a lot of angry people are in sports. But, and that and not being able to do that because you would have this, which is like, it's not the best coping mechanism, right? But it does, sometimes it feels good to have like a physical activity and just get out your rage. And I can understand how like mad you would be just living in, I think, a apocalyptic world, right? Especially she's like a teenager. She didn't even, she's only halfway through her life. I think it's how a lot of like millennials feel, honestly, because they're like, oh, this is the world that was promised to us, right? And it's, like, kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then you have to cry silently. I mean, I always try to do that, but still. <laughs> the fact that I would have to. <laughs> I already, I got so much out of there where I, if I want to cry in my apartment, I don't. I just try to be, you know, uh, a courteous neighbor to not. But, like, I could, right? <laughs> and, like, my days of my childhood where I had to cry silently or it was going to be, like, another fight. I thought I was past those, so that would be hard. One of the things I think that uh, that makes the movie so good is because it all takes place in, it's a couple of different days, but it's mostly in real time. Most of the things that happen are you're, like, watching, like, you know, like, it, it takes place over, it's, like, one day, you know, a year ago, and then one day now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also... Like, because it takes place over such a short amount of time, we don't know, like, questions like, are they, do they actually always have to be quiet? Or are there times when the things are so far away they just don't know it, right? Is there, like, one of these monsters that's roaming uh, a hundred-mile radius, so, like, today might be the day when it's there, and it might be the day when it's a hundred miles away, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is, like, the beasts were so deadly... And attack them so fast that there is no... That's the thing is, like, they don't understand what these beasts are and what their ability is. So, like, yes, it could be. But it still seems like no matter how far away they are, they come running towards sound. And obviously, if you've killed all of the people, if you've massacred millions and millions of people, there isn't a lot of sound. Uh, I mean, there's I guess there's sounds of, like, animals, um, which I guess then you go and attack those. But after a while, right, it just becomes them, which I don't know... That's the thing is, like, I don't know what, how they go on, right? Like, I don't know how they're just, I guess, infinite things. Because I guess they're, like, aliens, sort of, but... Um... What are these monsters? It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, we just kill. We've killed everything. <laughs> We've killed almost everything. Dude. Well, that's what I wonder what would happen. Would they, like, what happens next? Like, because something that seems to fuel them. They seem to enjoy killing things. They seem very passionate about it anyway. <laughs> My character analysis of the chicken wing. <laughs> Do you think that there is... Uh, do you think that there's a chance that this series goes down the road of... They end up saying it's a prequel. Like, to, to the world, right? That this is like a... Uh, and then they, like, end up... These monsters, they're like the dinosaurs or something. You know, oh my god. Like, oh, <laughs> twist. Are they gonna go down that road in this series? They might as well, honestly. That's a twist as good as goosebumps to me. Uh-huh. That would be the best, right? That would be the best. <laughs> that will be on my podcast anyway. So anyway, 
this poor boy, this poor son, is just frightened of this river because of the sound that the river makes. Um, and then, you know, uh, the dad is like, don't worry, you know, you're safe. You, you know, you can scream by the waterfall. They can't hear it. I wonder how they figured that out. It must have been a thing, too. I mean, it makes sense, right? That yeah. If you, if you can't be heard... Do whatever you want. Well, and if the lore in the second one is true, that would make sense as why they're not good around water, like why water is their enemy, because that takes sure. away the most of their power. So, okay, I'll allow it, I'll allow it. Anyway, there's this, like, big moment that it wasn't touching to me. It gets touching to me in the middle of the film, but at the beginning I was just kind of like, Ugh, why would his daughter even think that he blamed her for the death of the their, like, youngest? I was like, no parent would ever do that. I mean, I guess it is hard because I didn't – it took me a while to consider, oh, yeah – you can't have multiple talks about this. But I mean, yes, they could because it's sign language, right? So he could have had it in a sign language talk. But I, it might be harder for a deaf person because there is that thing about, like, language, right? Like, it would be hard to be like, your hands are saying this, but is your actual voice, right? Like, I guess that would be my question, right? Like, the, there might be, like, I, and I mean, I feel it with, like, I sometimes, like, it is hard to trust people on the thing that you lack because you're like, I don't know, Right. Well, and I think that there's, yeah, there's that, like, where, and does he actually blame her, right? Like, he probably does a little bit. Like, it, it was it was her fault, right, to a certain extent. But she didn't put the batteries back in. No, but she, like, she behaved in a way, and she was doing it with the best of intentions, right? But she did something that she knew that she wasn't supposed to do. This, to me, feels like a reverse rape thing where it's like, well, she wasn't supposed to go drinking that night, right? She, it's victim blaming because they were victims of that, right? Like, I mean, they they are living in a world of aggressors. Yeah, but I mean, and like, I, do do I blame her? No, but I think that like, if if I was her parent, like, I probably would a little bit. If you're like, hey, this was the rule, and then you you like, I very clearly took the thing away from him. And then you gave it back, right? And that is the thing that caused him to die. Oof, I don't know. I couldn't do it. She's still a child, too. Well, She's still a child, too. I couldn't I couldn't blame her. Like, yes, that sucks, right? That it's, like, her bad behavior influenced something, too. But also, like, it was well-intentioned, right? Absolutely. Like, this is why you shouldn't be a parent. I should, but I don't want to. <laughs> I would be a great mom. It's but. not that I wouldn't forgive that person, right? It's not that that person was, and and he's got to know too that it's like, man, like, shit's crazy, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot. Like, he, she was just trying to give him back that little bit of like, uh, a little bit of joy, right? In in a world that had not, right? So like, I get it. I mean, I assume her parents get it, but also, like. There, I think that you wouldn't be able to help but feel a little bit like, yeah, but I mean, also it was partly her fault. And it was partly his fault. It was all of their faults. Right? I don't know. They, I don't they... feel that way. I guess I'm not a blamer like that always. Like I, it took me even a long time to accept my mom's part in my own trauma. Like I, that's the thing. And that's, I guess, like the most maddening thing is being somebody who goes through trauma is like, everybody's like, Oh, you're just because of this because you don't forgive, right? You uh, you have like this chip on your shoulder and you don't forgive. And it's like, listen, it took me a long time for even me to realize I had something to forgive, right? That I had somebody's forgiveness I had to grant. Like, I I did not want this to be the case. I wanted to be the problem, but I wasn't. Like, I was just like tricked into thinking that. And I mean, I don't know. I think to fault blame to people for stuff that is like for people who are well-intentioned is immature and we should outgrow it as a society yeah absolutely but yeah so then they meet that like old man and woman in the thing and the man just yells for every i guess because he's in grief because it's like i don't know that was really strange that was it was horrific but it was yeah. the i'm confused as to who they are how they've survived this long i mean i guess that's the only thing that's the only logic i can give it is that He's screaming because she's dead, right? And it's just that, like, uncontrollable thing that happens with grief to some people. And I think it's that, like, he has, like, they've made it this far, right? They've made it, like, however long it is, a year, two years, I can't remember. I think it's a year. 
or something like that into this. It's definitely nine months past whenever, yeah. And then, like, you were giving everything to keep this person alive. There's one person in the world. There's one person left in your world, right? One person. And now that person is dead, and there's probably no way for you to get to, like, have anyone else in your world, right? Like, what else are you going to do other than scream? Yeah, I mean, it is hard to, to like, even if he saw them, I think he was so far gone at the point. You could tell when you looked at it. Yeah, he, and he'd given up, and he was probably, if you're in that, you're probably looking for an opportunity to give up. Right? Yeah. So like, it's so hard. Like, every day is so hard. Like, ugh. yeah, don't kill yourselves. Anyway, <laughs> um, so then... Uh, they managed to survive him by, like, dodging under a tree, and then uh, his wife's water breaks, and then she steps on the nail on the fridge. Well, the nail is so ridiculously high, though. The nail is so... Re- How did they not know that was going to be dangerous? It took what They've got to have a hammer. I mean, that might be hard. Or putting something on it is, like... So- <laughs> and this is, this is one, of the, one of the issues that I think that did come up for me. At the first time I watched this movie, is that it's like he has rigged uh, a system of <laughs> lights of multiple different colors running for a for like the length of a football field in several directions as an alert system for the family. He has poured sand. He has poured like you know thousands of yards of sand to make it slightly quieter when they walk. But there is a male. That is a horrible nail <laughs> sticking up from the stairs. That, and I understand that, like, the laundry bag, like, pulls it up, whereas it was down a bit. But, like, it was still there. Not like the nail. Like, that's, that nail has been there for a long time, just sticking up, right, kind yeah. of bent over. And he does nothing. And it's it's also, you don't even have to pound the nail down. You can just, like, put something on top of the nail. Yeah. Right? Just, like, cover it up with some cloth or no something. tape, yeah. Yeah, just, like, anything to make that I nail. I guess tape would make noise. On, uh, 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 yeah, like a stairway, which is commonly used. This isn't like a stairway they never use. They use this a lot, and there's this horrible, horrible nail sticking up, like, what, several inches? Yeah, and it's, it's insane. Although I also understand, like... You know, there's always those things you want to do around the house and you don't ever get to them, right? And you're like, they're important, but I just, I didn't get around to it. I can also see in everything that's going on that maybe be a thing. That's how I like to think of it. That's what, in my first mind, I was like, oh yes, that makes sense because they don't want to do daily chores as much as I do. And so, I was, that's why they didn't do it. But anyway, I love that's when you. they, yeah. That's the past where... <laughs> The, it turns out the daughter is the one helping install the, the stairs. Too. She nails that horrible nail. She's just been doing, making horrible decisions. Oh, She's like, put the nail here. She's like, no. Oh like, my god, no. <laughs> anyway, that was not even funny. <laughs> yeah, you are a mean. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I like when they turn on the lights and they're like red, and that's like their communication system. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the, the the logistics, yes, yeah. but I think the shot is cool, so I get it. Yeah. Uh, I definitely would not make it in this world at all, uh, especially with my farts. But, you know. oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I just like trying not to make noise while giving birth. I mean, she's got to go by the water was my first thing, uh, was to get her to the stream. And maybe that was their original plan, that she could give birth by the water. And then that would disguise everything, and she was just early. Which I'm also, though, like, you guys, you know that happens with pregnancies, right? Like, it's like, this is the due date, but they can come at, like, any time. Like, yeah. uh, the bloody footprints are also very cool. There's, like, some parts of horror that I like to point out, because I think they're very artsy, in a way. Like, there is, like, an art of horror, where it's, like, personally, like, I... I hate the blood and gore. I don't like this monster chasing him. I don't like the feeling of afraid. But I like mid maybe hang a bloody footprint up on a frame. Like I don't know why I like goth nor stuff. Yeah, and there yeah, there is and there is that like arc to horror that is like I always think about uh it's not the best movie ever, but it was pretty cool. That movie uh Don't Breathe. Where there's a I didn't see it. honestly similar thing where there's a, a blind guy who is in this house 
uh, these people of, I can't remember why, but they're, but they're in this house basically being hunted down by this blind guy. Um, and so it's a similar thing where they can't really make noise. But the beginning of the movie is this super cool shot where it, it's this very long shot that like takes you through the house and shows you everything that's going to be important in this movie. It's like, there's like a gun over here. There's that, you know, an axe up here, whatever. There's this room and it's crazy, right? And so like that, the art of the horror of being like, hey, you know, here, like we're setting up the scares and we're doing it in a beautiful, cool way. Yeah. I like stuff like that. Um, my other thing was like when the nail was up, I was like, well, maybe the creature will step on the nail too. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Um, but, but that was my night. I was like, oh, this is going to be, that's my like sitcom mind where it's like, and then another one falls down the nail and then maybe the third guy will fix it or say something funny or like pause around it and then fall on it anyway, right? Like, the joke is falling on the nail. Um, thank you. I'll be here all week. Um, <laughs> but yeah and then the poor poor son has to be asked to like make a sound to draw the creature away from the house and he's like oh my god right he does not want to do that oh um, so scared the entire kid. time he's just terrified of everything i mean i probably would be too like and also like you know you're bonding with your brother to see him like die i don't i mean he's pretty young to experience that i think that's what happened when happens when you get trauma so severe you become like very afraid yeah for sure. so then there ends up being fireworks as well right it like disguises their scream right yeah. who sets off fireworks yes, yeah that's like the thing that's like their thing that they've set up is the fireworks i love how they uh picked those up or were they there at that house <laughs> where the, at the end of the world i guess people weren't driving fireworks or, um but <laughs> just thinking about that yeah, and that's, and it is like, is that the best diversion that you could make, is setting off fireworks? Um, I guess the sound would be kind of far in the distance, like there's not really a sound from where you set off the firework, right? It's more like up above is where the sound, I don't know when the sound starts, I don't know enough about the physics of fireworks, but, um, oh, she, they got me when she was gone from the bath, they got me, I was like... Uh, I mean, but to meet you, I was like, it's too clean that they ate her, right? I was like, there's something, or whatever they do. I believe they eat a little bit. I have a hard time believing things don't eat because I'm passionate about food. But, um, yeah, but then she was just in the shower, so it's fine. So we were all relieved. Um, but the baby makes sound, so that's a bit of an issue. But, baby. yeah, don't worry. They sleep in gas. What are they, nitrous oxide? I don't even know what gas they have that they gas the baby to sleep, but... Either way, it really, that is what has been haunting my dreams, I think, is this, like, baby being choked off from life. Something in me identifies with that so much. That is, like, the fucking backbone of so many of my poems. I don't think that they're using, maybe I'm wrong, I don't think they're using gas to put it to sleep. I think that they're they're putting oxygen on it so that they can put it in a, an oxygen-deprived place. Right? I think it's just oxygen because they're, like, going to put it... Because otherwise it will suffocate in the oh. place, in the soundproof place they're putting it in. But when they and do then, it to it, the baby always shuts up. So is that just a thing? If you give a baby a lot of oxygen, it's quiet. It just needs to breathe. Uh, maybe I don't know. Huh? And maybe you might be because right they talk maybe about it's a gas. But I thought, but I thought it was just oxygen, which I guess is a gas. But I thought they were. I thought the whole purpose of it was so that they would knock the baby out so it wouldn't cry. That was the big thing. Is that they had to. Constantly make sure it was sleeping so it didn't cry. That's what I thought their genius thing was. I didn't think it was just it oxygen. Well, I think, I think there's probably happen. oxygen in it, but that's what I that's what I've been thinking this whole time. Is that not? Am I fucked up for thinking this? That's what I'm thinking too. But I'm also like probably so would I don't know what the gas man of oxygen. I know you can do stuff if you're like asthmatic young. You do that, but. I don't know. Maybe I guess it was Soxman. I just, I don't know. I thought they were shutting it up because it always went to sleep. And I don't know if that always, I, maybe that always happens if you've gas. I don't know enough about babies, but oh, it's either way. It stresses me out. Okay. <laughs> I'm also thinking now of like how, like you've got, being a baby isn't even the worst part, right? Like what about when the kid's like two and it should be able to shut up? Right? Like, it should have the, like, it has the ability now to be quiet, but sometimes it's probably just not going to be quiet because it's going to be an asshole. 
because little kids are an asshole sometimes, right? Yeah, I mean that is hard. So with the baby, with the baby, you know what you're getting. You know you're getting. Yeah. It's going. You're just like never to let that baby be anywhere that's not soundproof. Well, and I think they before. could they could take them to to where it's safe and be like, listen, right, like just see this thing when you make a sound, right? Because they're going to talk to it via sign language. It's just, this is just so complicated. I mean, one, to me, this is sometimes how I feel about being, like, pregnant now, right? I'm like, if the world is going to, if everybody is right in that, or I guess not everybody, because not everybody agrees, but if the climate crisis is very real, why would I bring a kid into it? They're going to have a terrible life, right? Like, if there's no way... If the world is dying before the people are dying, then me passing on is irresponsible, right? Like, it's like, then I just threw this younger kid into this world. And I guess, too, I've been able to consider a lot of the way that kids feel because in my childhood, I noticed how much people didn't, right? Like, that, oh, if you were a kid, your feelings didn't matter. The adults were more important. And how that, I think has backfired very severely on families that did that, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but anyway. So, the, the, the fact then, too, that she is completely deaf, the daughter, and cannot hear when they're behind her, really got me, too. That would always make me very, very scared. Um, well, and that is one of the great directorial choices of this movie, and the sound design is that you don't, when it is from her perspective, you do not hear anything. It's silent. And then when you get, when like somebody else is around and their perspective is there, then you can hear the thing. So you get those moments of silence where you're maybe seeing something and like, oh man. Yeah. And uh, you know what's tough too is like, so essentially Emily Blunt, his wife, is the one who kills him too in this one. Because she even, the next thing I have on my notes is like that she was like, she's like blaming herself for dropping the laundry and stepping on the nail. Like, you know, and... Like, already knowing that there's a price coming tonight, right? Like, which is so sad. And Heinz, like, I did not, this is, like, honestly me just realizing it and speaking about it. I did not take that in during the movie. Um, yeah. That she, if you're going by the fact that you think the daughter is responsible at the beginning. Um, oof. Yeah, this is why you shouldn't do laundry. Yeah, just fuck it, man. <laughs> anyway, the house is flooding uh, because of the hose from outside. Because I guess that was on... When her water broke, I don't remember why it was on, but that's what they said, so that's how it is. Um, For whatever reason, it was on. And then the creature in there sinks to the water, which this whole sequence makes me feel like, what the fuck, in the second one. And I I watched a YouTube video uh, from somebody, I think it was Watch Mojo, and they were... Bought off? A list of things. No, and they were saying that that it's like a... They can... They can be in small amounts of water. They cannot like swim. Still water they makes maybe go, sense. Yeah. They can go in like yeah, like a, a shallow amount of water. They can go into it and do stuff, but they cannot swim. Mm-hmm. They can just like wade because they were wading. This is a definite wade. Yeah. I mean, too. I would understand. There's not really a current in this, and the current might be the thing that messes them because one, it is a huge sound. The way that waves make right, waves is a big sound, and the sheer pressure of it. If they're going in that ear thing, I could see that the pressure of the ocean, like, messes that up, right? It messes up your own eardrums if you've got a bunch of, yeah. like, salt water into it at a weird aspect, right? So I think it's, like, that sort of a thing. Sure. Um, so, all right. We'll allow that. We'll move on. Um, but, yeah. So the whole thing with the baby in the box and that whole thing underneath I think is really good. It's pretty scary um, when her back's up against the wall. They do a bunch of these moments where you really think they're going to die, Especially in the first one, there's a bunch of moments, and I will say there's some in the second one as well. There's a couple of moments where you're like, well, that's it for them, right? And somehow by a miracle, they escape. Um, and that's one of the smart things in the movies. You've killed someone very early who is important, and so now we're forever on the edge of our seats because we're like, oh, this might be a brutal movie that kills everybody. You don't know. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone might die. You know, maybe everyone will be saved by the end. Who knows? Yeah. And then, oof, so when the sun falls through the door in the maze, oh, in the, uh, silo. In the silo with all the corn, oh, that was so, that was also great horror. It also feels like weirdly a separate movie, or weirdly like also very like old horror. Like I feel like this was 
probably from like the 1930s to the 1950s and 60s, right? This was like a common thing. This like scariness of the silo, right? The silo, uh, the silo yeah. And, uh Yeah, it really is like the fear of like suffocating in, I think it's, it's is it corn? I think it's corn, it's yeah. Corn or wheat or something. Yeah. Like it's corn. Um, terrifying. Yeah. Like, down. Yes, and they're like sinking in the maze and they have to like use the door, which is so smart. I think I would have just died, right? I would have been like, I can make it to the door. I'd be like, well, I guess I'm sinking forever. <laughs> like, it's over for me. But yeah, but then they end up, the creature ends up coming in too and sinking with them, which I can't. I mean, too, in that uh, maze also around it has to create probably a big sound that also like weakens. Because it seems like whenever they're you, they've had a sound that they don't like to their ear that they hear too intensely. That seems to paralyze them. Sure. Oh, and it just totally like opens up that uh, metal yeah, silo like it's bust, nothing, bust nothing. Oh, I'm aspiring to that strength. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. I'd be pretty proud of myself. I don't think I would like the way I would look. My biceps would have to be so huge. Um, but yeah, teach their own. You know, if you want to rock the high biceps, more power to you. So then they go into the car. This is uh, when the dad dies, which to me too, I was like, I mean, I guess you can't really teach him to drive because starting up a car makes a sound. So you couldn't teach him like an emergency getaway. Cause I was like, that car should be really useful in some ways, but I guess it isn't because cars make noise. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, I mean, these things seem to be so fast Yeah. that like, yeah, you couldn't really outrun them. Um, you can just distract them, really. Yeah. yeah. It seems like they just have, they've just got the car set up as like a, a safety, as like a last ditch effort to. Yeah, another place to hide in. But then the poor dad gets a side sliced, and pretty much too, you know, when anybody gets injured in this movie, too, it's pretty much over. You're like, where's the hope? <laughs> Unless yeah. you get to the second one. But anyway, um, the, yeah, so once his slide was sliced, I was like, well, there's no way he's going to make it. Illness is hard enough as it is in current day society. He dead, right? I thought, honestly, too, the slice was so bad. I think it was going to kill him no matter what. Like, uh, that's what I like to think, that he didn't just throw his life away for nothing. I think he already knew he was going to die. And it was like, well, I can die and save my kids, yeah, right? for sure. Um, so the dad, oh, when he does the I love you, you all cry. You have to yeah. cry. It's so yeah. fucking powerful. I mean, it is a testimony. Say all the shit you will about John Kravinsky, but I think he's got something. He's got some, like, heart that he can show that is so vulnerable. And you see it in Jim. And I honestly, I, I learned a lot from him as an actor. I feel like there's really something about that vulnerability and that heart and in the, like, Disney eyes, you know. There's something really to that. I mean, that's why... Especially in a man, that vulnerability was very nice to have in my childhood and life. So, uh, yeah. You're at at the beginning of the second one, despicable. But your heart, sweet. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I can't even be imagined, too. Like, you're, you just, I mean, I don't know if they looked. I doubt they could. I don't know if I could have looked, right? And then, if poor, thankfully, the poor girl can't hear. The son can, right? Um... But, yeah, it's just like, ugh, I can't imagine being that close to your dad when he's dying. And I know people go through it, right? Like, happen to be in the room when your dad dies. Like, I can't imagine the emotional intensity of that. Yeah. It has to be, like, there has to be something you also feel like spiritually, right? Like, I've never been, I've, like, seen a dead person. But at that time, too, before I, you've ever, like, before I've ever had to see a dead person, I've had some time to process that they were dead, right? They didn't just die in front of me. Like, that is an insane, I can't even imagine where my brain would go. Yeah. Um, that is super hard. Honestly, too, Emily Blunt is super underrated. I've always been a fan since The Devil Wears Prada. Um, very different in that role. But... <laughs> But I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns, so that will probably, I might say something different. I think she's, uh, from what I saw, she's good in it. Is the movie good? No. I've, another story for another Yeah, so that's on the podcast for sure. Oh my god, so then the surveillance room. Which, this is what I read, which I guess you didn't notice. But anyway, um, there, there's this like little article and it was like, Dark Angels. Like, it's a newspaper article and it says that, like, Fallen. So, I didn't know if they were aliens I don't know if they were, like, were dark angels or, like, demons 
uh, I don't know what it was. Like, but there did seem, whatever that article had, like, a Christian thing. Um, what, well, I think yeah. they're called, like, death angels or something? I think that that is what they're called, uh, in, like, the lore. Uh, is that okay. the of death angels? That makes sense. Um, I could see that. I prefer Buffalo Wild Wings, but I understand they, look, they, they like couldn't get the sponsor. Yeah, I think they look like what you get at Buffalo Wild Wings, honestly. Yeah. Um, dried out. Yeah. <laughs> and you get that sound at Buffalo Wild Wings of all the people cheering at their sports team. Uh, perfect. That is, I, Buffalo Wild Wings, please sponsor me. My boyfriend would be, is your biggest customer. I love Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> so, yeah, this is your movie. Um, and if they're not going to give it to you, I will. Um, but, yeah, so then this is where you have your famous whiteboard that all your friends hate. Um yeah, whiteboard's pretty, pretty rough. What is their weakness in the most perfect capital letters that I almost think they're edited? Um, yeah, it feels, the whiteboard, it feels like it is a, a set dressing from a film, not a thing that a person was using in real life. Yeah. Right, like it, it feels like, yeah, you wrote down things you want an audience to know, not... Because I think that there's a way to do it to, like, make it look, like, cool and he's using it, but then you, like, just get bits and pieces of the, what he's doing with his wife. Yeah. Board, um, rather than kind of expository device of things that we pretty much know. Yeah. And they were... I think this did solidify... I don't know if I understood they were blind until reading it, though, I will say. Like, because I think you are so thrown into the emotions of the characters, you are confused to how these creatures operate. You And I think that is part of the fear is, like, you don't know, really, all of their... We don't know at the end of this movie. I don't even really know if we know at the second one. Um, but, yeah. So then, uh, and this this is where... Okay, I don't know if I cried. I definitely felt sad. My eyes got wet when John Kravinsky dies. But when she sees where he built this hearing aid... Oh, I got so emotional because I was like, I will never have a dad that'll build me anything, right? And I was like, where's my princess, right? Like, I didn't get to be a princess. I had to be a commoner, right? Where I had to build my own things. Like, I got very melodramatic, I will admit. But it got me. It got me about that because that father's love, why is it rare? It shouldn't be, right? If you're not fucking building, I don't care if your daughter's deaf. Why don't you build a hearing aid for her in case she goes deaf? Where are you? <laughs> What are you doing? I'm sitting on your ass. A mom usually would. A really good mom would do something. Or at least ask the dad. And he'd be like, whatever, I'll get to it, Marilyn. Right? <laughs> be better, men. We're at it. We need you. Look how you all cry here, right? As guys, you'll go and you'll cry here. You'll be like, oh, the quiet place too. Or the quiet place. It touched my heart. So tender. The father's love for a daughter. But until you be that dad, I'm so done. <laughs> like, more dads need to step up. I know too many girls. I know too many girls. Um, anyway, so, it's heartbreaking. Uh, don't, you know, be there for your kids, you matter. So, then the creature comes in and it hears, like, whatever the TV thing is and attacks it, so, like, not any different than most Republicans. And <laughs> that's a sick joke, and we need to appreciate it. <laughs> that is, like, sometimes the monsters seem to be very discerning of what I feel like there are times when they're like, well, that noise was the fake noise. Right? <laughs> like they, they're not going after just like every, because there's a lot of noises in the world, right? You don't hear them just like going after a tree that fell down somewhere a mile away, right? And then there are times when like something is very clearly not a person and they just like fucking destroy it. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they're just, I mean, I think it's because they're hungry. So, <laughs> that's my argument. Uh, yeah, and that's their, they don't know how to budget things up. This is what I tell my cats every time we go away. I say, whenever I'm going, I'm like, listen, I'm giving you two cans of cat food. You cannot eat two cans of big cat food in one night. This is not a challenge. This is not a challenge to race me and prove to me that, yes, mom, we can do that. That is for you to budget out your food. I try to trust them with responsibility. I think in some way these creatures are animals, right? I saw in a lot of ways a lot of cat, um, especially when it came to just the attacking things and eating all of your food source. Absolutely cat-like behavior. My cats do not understand that maybe one day there will not be a person to bring them back cat food. They think that that food is owed to them. And I believe these creatures operate the same way. 
And I... Sorry, I just had a thought. But we should talk about it with the second movie. Okay. Um, but I, I'm just going to say it. So okay. So I remember it and talk about it. Um, it when we see... Because I think we I think we are assuming that they're killing people to eat them. Right? Yeah. That they're, they're a few food source. They're kind of like take, jumping at the top of the food chain. And they're like, we're going to eat the people. They're, they're not as powerful as us. The way we first see them, right? When we see that the prequel moment in the second movie... They're just going around, like, fucking smashing cars. It's just, like, one of them in a town is just, like, murdering everybody, destroying everything. I don't think that that is the way that they would act. I think that it would be... Because you don't need to eat everyone at once, right? Like, you would... They would probably... But they're a monster. Like, Marcy... Look at what they do. Like, there's an animal instinct, I guess, which we call monster, which might be mean. But, like, you put all those treats in Marcy... Marcy will eat them all. She doesn't know self-control, right? But, but that's the thing. Is they're not even eating. They're just, like, killing everything, right? They're just, like, going crazy. Yeah, that's true. Which is more anything. Right? <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah. But, like, and whereas you probably wouldn't kill an entire town at once, right? You would kill, like... Maybe a whole family at once. I don't know how hungry they are. They're, I mean, they're pretty large. And that's the thing. And they don't seem to operate like any animals that we know. Like, we're like, oh, that's a lot, right? But we, there's like all those horror stories of those big monsters, right? And that they just need a lot of souls. Like, I don't know, right? Like, there's something out there that eats a crap ton, right? Like, I think a manatee in a year eats like 32 things of lettuce, right? Like, and it's... That's lettuce, but it's like that's the way the manatee wears it, right? There, you can eat a lot more as an animal, and it's not like to us, we're like, oh, a town of people that's huge, right? Um, and to be honest, we didn't see the whole town, we saw Main Street, yes. But it, but it seems, and I guess, I guess, and maybe that maybe it's just it was crazy in the very beginning and then it settled down, but I would think of this as more as these people are hiding because these things go... Because you never know when they're out hunting, right? It's yeah. Like, oh, so... Well, if they're hunting, be... they're still hungry. They're still eating, for sure. Yes. If they're hunting, yeah. And, and I would think of this as, like... I think it... Personally, I think it's cooler if... There's maybe a whole bunch of people around, right? But you don't talk to them. You don't go near them because it's too dangerous, right? That it's like, oh, because these things... Like, they didn't kill the whole town. Maybe 90% of the town is still alive. But everybody's hiding, right? Yeah. These things. Which I think you get a peek of in the second one. Um, it's very slim, but we'll get to that. We'll yeah. come back to it uh, to talk about it more. But yeah, so check out the second one soon because you don't want to miss those details because it's going to get, we're going to really attack it. We're going to really go, what is wrong with it? Because it could have been good, I think. I don't know. Part of me sees one that could have been good. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think I could. If I had more time to dwell, which is, I think, what was the same problem with the second one, I think I could come up with something pretty good. But yeah, the hearing aid thing is kind of cool, though. I don't really understand the whole logistics. It might be that her dad just somehow figured out the formula with the creatures, and that was not very executed on the expository uh, shot of his research. But when the hearing aid gets close to one of the creatures, they, it like basically stuns them, which makes them easier to shoot. And I think it's, I think it's that it is sending off a very high pitched frequency. Frequency, yeah. Um, and that's, and also like not not on this level at all. But there's like a weird, like I can kind of relate to the monsters. Now <sighs> there is one note on the piano. I don't remember which one it is, and I know it's definitely specifically on my parents' piano at home. I don't know if all pianos are like this. When you play that note, it's just a weird thing to my ear. <laughs> like, my one ear just goes, and it, it's, like, almost painful. Wow. Of it just, like, that note is just, like, thing, and it, like, I feel it in my head. Yeah. yeah. I, like, feel I mean, there's definitely ear, notes like, I've sang that are painful, so I can relate in that way. <laughs> like, I've <laughs> sang some painful notes no, that were in my ear and in just my physical face. There is, like, you can make sounds that hurt your body. Like, I, there is, like, a weird... I think that's why people feel healed at sound baths and stuff. There is, like, a... There's certain sounds I don't like. There's certain very small sounds. I think in one level, I never, like... Like, I don't like, I can't take a cotton ball and I can't put it between my hands and, uh, no. And it's, and it's partly the texture. It's also the sound. It's also the, like, I don't know. It's like a vibration. There's certain vibrations you don't like, right? I have a vibrator. I had a vibrator at one point. I guess you technically have one, but I don't really use it all the time. Anyway, 
I was that kind of girl for once. Uh, then I got worried about robots taking over and it was really dumb. So I quit all of that. But um, anyway, there's like, you know, there's certain frequencies that I'm like, Ugh, I don't like this. Like, this is not comfortable or fun at all. And then there's other frequencies. That it's like, yes, um, good one. But yeah. So then the brother is handed the baby and has to go hide in a corner and is absolutely terrified. I would be, I mean, my, the worst way to end that movie is the brother and the baby survive is what I think. The worst way to end both of those movies is those are the only two survivors because that's just, I think, the hardest relation to be in because he doesn't have enough experience. He's terrified and it's a baby girl as well. He knows nothing about babies and he's like, the youngest and most, I think, traumatized one out of all of them. So I think that's the hardest. I think worst case scenario is the deaf girl and the baby. Because not, although she is more capable than her brother, she can't even hear when the baby's crying. Right? But she could be able to see. I think she would be able... Yeah, it would be hard in the box, though. The way they've got their system one would be really yeah. rough for her. That is hard. Um, but anyway... So then we leave this movie because it's going to hang on a cliffhanger because it was already prepping for a second one, I feel like. They already knew. And uh, we've got like a bunch of these creatures coming and they like turn up the radio and put the hearing aid to it and Emily Blunt cocks the gun. I honestly loved this ending because it was so female power. So little also in horror do we get to see the girl holding the gun, right? Like the girl being the ones that survive. Uh, I obviously screamed at it, which is why I really like Scream. But I don't know. There's just a very badass thing about this moment. I felt empowered after this movie. I liked this movie a lot. I liked... Uh, I was excited to go see A Quiet Place, too. I think that... Yeah, and I think that the movie... Like, personally, I don't love the ending. I wish it was... Especially because it starts off so brutal with, like... Oh, no. I love the ending. You're like, wrong. <laughs> I, I, well, and that's the thing. And that's just, like, my personal preference. It's not a bad way... Milo, you would definitely die in the quiet place. We talked about that. I think we were like five minutes in. We were like, my cat Milo is not going to make it in this world. <laughs> 3 a.m. We'd be like, no. <laughs> that is absolutely the way that I would die. I'd be like sleeping. I'd be like, no, Milo. <laughs> and then I would be the one that also summoned it if they didn't already hear it. Very horrible, sad thing. If you had a pet. You would have to be like, no, right? Like you, you would have to just turn it. I don't think I could. And be like, you're gonna fucking die. I would take Marcy. I know. I think I would. I don't even know. I would have to figure out something with Milo. I think I would just accept we're gonna die because I brought him in. There's this weird thing about pets that they have on you. This is how they're able to control us. But it's like I brought you into my house. I took responsibility for you. That means I signed on even in an apocalypse. Right? I signed on even then. <laughs> like, What if it kills you too? Right? Like, Because it's going to make noise and it's going to... Then, you know, Marcy needs me to survive. <laughs> so. Maybe you need Marcy to survive too, is what she would say. <laughs> yeah, I think, and that's the thing. With this movie, whenever I talk about it with people, I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of flaws in it. Right? There's a bunch of things that don't really make sense in the world. There's a bunch of, like... It's not it's not a perfect movie at all, but I really enjoy the movie. I've seen it three times, twice in the theater, once at home, and they were all great. They're all great experiences. Like it's it's a really well done movie. It is there are things in it that are so powerful that it like overwhelms the flaws. You don't think you think about the flaws, but you think about them later. You think about them when you're done with the movie. When you're in the movie, you're just watching the movie and it's a good movie. Yeah, I really liked it, honestly. I didn't think I was going to, and also, from the trailers, I thought it was going to be something completely different. I thought it was going to be about a ghost. Um, that is what I thought. So I was very, when there was like a CGI monster, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even, oh, I thought the monster was uh, haunting, you know? I thought it was going to be very Conjuring, sort of, like. And I think that there is a similar thing with Conjuring, that there is like a weird, I wouldn't say these movies are unrelated in a weird way, right? Like, the way they're kind of style, they're kind of type of horror movie. Um, I don't know. I, I still get a Conjuring vibe from this movie. Like a Conjuring influence, I guess. In terms of maybe the cinematicness and the the way that the character's intensity, like the way that it's shot to me seems very similar to a Conjuring from what I remember. But uh, we'll reveal those too. So thank you guys so much for listening. Is there anything else you want to say about the movie? 
All right, well, save it for the next one. Nothing. Okay, so get ready. Uh, if you've done listening to this one, uh, if you're all done there, come and click on this part and find the second part of it because that one I think is also going to be funnier because I'm just ready to roast. I'm ready to comedic roast at this point. Uh, this movie I honestly had a respect for. And I think like in my top four, five, 50 horror movies, not top five, probably not top 10, maybe top 20. I would put this in my 50. I have probably. I probably have seen at least 50. At <laughs> least at the end. I probably, yeah, really have not seen more than 50. So you've seen 50 movies in this movie. It's in your top. Yes. <laughs> but in the 20s probably so far. I, I did like it more than most horror films I see. I think it was more memorable than most horror films yeah, I see, too. I think it could be... That's the thing, too, is I watch a lot of horror and I enjoy a lot of horror movies. But also, like, this might be in my top ten, right? Because yeah. most horror movies suck. They're right? not great, yeah. It doesn't mean that I don't like to watch them, but they do suck. <laughs> and sometimes that's the fun of a horror movie is how bad it sucks. Like, I get so much enjoyment from roasting on films. And I know yeah. how much, how hard it is to make a film, right? I understand there's totally moments where it's, like, funny. But, like, also, if you can make a movie that's bad enough to laugh at and becomes iconic on that, that's, like, greatness. And sometimes you just gotta try, right? So I never mean disrespect when I do these film things. It's just honest critique and honest ways of, like, oh, if I was given this opportunity, here's how I'd pitch myself, right? Here's what I was thinking, you know? Or things that I've wondered about the film. Or just, it's so much fun to sit with your friend and discuss films. So yeah, uh, feel free to message me if you ever want to be a guest. And we can talk something out. Alright, so thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow our socials below. Uh, we're always doing stuff together. So is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, myself. I, I would like a promotion. To what position? To, uh... If he was cool, he would propose, right? That would be the thing, right? That would have been the thing to do. <laughs> Elevate me to your wife. <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't have a ring. No, you don't have to propose me on my podcast. Honestly, I would be kind of disappointed. I'd be like, we didn't even put on anything fancy. I'm like such a basic bitch on how I want my proposal. I'm like, let me eat the most clams ever. Anyway, no rush to be married because I want to finish my student debt first. So, I'd rather have a long engagement. Because I feel like that would make me feel the most Audrey Hepburn that I could ever feel if I had a really long engagement. I don't know why. I don't even think she had a lo really long engagement. But it just makes me feel like something one of her characters in a movie would do. And I like it. Absolutely. Anyway, get engaged by liking my stuff. So <laughs> have a good one. Bye. Bye. See you on the next one. Quiet Place 2.